Welcome to the board game community show. I'm your host, Riley Starr. Join me as I get to know folks in this community. They could be designers or streamers, podcasters, YouTubers, publishers, whatever. Really anything with the nerve at the end of its title is welcome here on the board. Game Community Show 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 Welcome back to the Board Game Community Show. I'm your host, Riley Stock, and today we're doing a, a end of year episode with Phil from Organized Fun and Tim from Board Game Hot Takes. Hi guys. Hi. So we, I thought it would be fun to kind of wrap up the year uh, and maybe be a little easier on me because I can edit less. I'm going to like let this be a little rougher episode so I don't have to edit as much while my wife is off of work. Uh, and so we're going to talk about like our board game related highlights of the year and then looking forward and kind of what our resolutions for the next year are. So what you're saying is we need to keep it clean and not make any mistakes. Exactly. So help me. If you make me edit on my wife's Christmas break. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try my hardest. Get ready for plenty of ums. <laughs> um, I don't know what you're talking about, um. <laughs> you you give yourself crap about that, but and you probably did it early on, but I think you do it a lot less than you used to. And yeah, you don't could, realize that, it. That could be. I, I do make an effort at it. It's definitely something that Adam used to edit the episodes for us, right? And he would actually clip out everything and then string it together. And then you could listen to a five minute <laughs> clip of everything that he cut out of the episode. And 90% of it was me saying, um, or, you know, or like, and it's just a bad verbal tick that I never even realized I was doing. I even seemed to have like a little bit of a stutter that I wasn't aware of. Like I'll repeat phrases and I didn't even know it until I started hearing myself on the podcast. So I do make a little bit of an effort. Um, but see, so yeah, and I just did it, but I was on, uh, Phil's <laughs> podcast on organized fun and I went back and listened to that. And I said, you know, like five times in one sentence, well, <laughs> I was introducing our podcast or talking about it. And I had no idea I said that until I went back and listened to it. And I'm asking my wife to listen to it with me. And she's just like, uh, did you hear that sentence? Like that was a mess. So. <laughs> it's, the, it's the same. So I've been listening to some back catalog for a, for an upcoming little mini side. And I just yeah, I've picked out these awful like catchphrases almost that I say all the time that I absolutely hate. And I'm like, oh my god, yeah. Well, at the time, you don't realize that you're saying it so often. It's embarrassing. Yeah, but you're so lucky, Phil, because at least you have that nice British accent. To, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it like makes everything sound intelligent. So you true, know, you, it's true. <laughs> at least to us, at least to us Yankees over here. Across yeah. the pond. It's definitely true. It just comes off charismatic. <laughs> I. Yeah, I have those same ticks. You know, I noticed that one a couple episodes ago. I was editing it and I thought, holy cow, I say, you know, so much and like has been leaking in. Or maybe I've always said it, but I've just I focused on um at first. And I think I say um a lot less than I used to. And now that I've figured that one out, I think I'm opening up to new ones. And it's 
it's a little devastating. Like, what's going? What am I going to find out next? <laughs> well, well, we're all getting better, right? We all talked about that before started. We started recording here, so it we'll get better, maybe. I love it. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> you son of a gun. That's my other one. I've noticed is when I don't know what to say and I'm like having fun. I just said like. See, oh, uh, <laughs> I go. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> so if I say that during this, it means I don't know what to say to you. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it so much. Uh, I think that's, a de- that's like the default thing, right? Where I, uh, for me, it's always been, oh, that's cool. So like if I'm sitting there in a conversation with somebody and I do it in real life too, and they're talking and whether it, it, like two things could happen. One, it could be that they've said something that I just don't have any any comment on so I'll just be like oh that's cool or sometimes it's just like I've faded off and I haven't been paying attention and then I know they finished talking so I'll just say oh that's cool because I figure that's a kind of a catch-all so I think your I love it is is kind of the same as my that's cool mine is oh there you go well there you go someone's opinion I don't really care about there you go yeah fair. oh but no it's... I definitely have to go back and listen to that episode with you and see how many times you that. It's like it's the verbal equivalent of you know when you end a text with just lol or someone says you just like yeah. yeah lol it means you have not read it and you don't give a crap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Great, now we've given away our secrets and we can't do that anymore. We need new catchphrases. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about our highlights. I came up with a, quite a few of them, uh, but you don't have to have. I don't know how many you guys came up with. We didn't. I, didn't realize it was a competition, so... Yeah, whoever gets the most wins sleeves. A bunch of sleeves. <laughs> American standard size sleeves. <laughs> We're exactly. board gamers. Everything's a competition, right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. All right. Who had the best year? whoop de doo <laughs> I guarantee it was not me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, real quick edit point. We call the designer of persuasion... Katie, which used to be her name, but now it is Zoe. So if you want to follow her on Twitter at Zoe Allred, Zoe with an X, or you could even go to her website and check out what she's working on, Zoe.gay. Okay, enjoy the rest of the episode. So I'm going to start. A lot of my highlights are podcast uh, related. So my first one is Persuasion, which both of you were there for. It was just a really, really fun episode where we got to play a game beforehand, which the board game community show doesn't necessarily focus on the games or the gaming aspect as much, but more of the people. And so that was fun to be able to bring both of those together and see everybody's personalities while playing a game. Because we've kind of played games together. Now you and I have played, you and I, Tim, have played uh, Lost Ruins of Arnak. Yeah. And we've played Phil's game. Oh, that, no, man. Yeah. And so it's like, it's fun to see those gaming personalities come out. Yeah, for sure. That that was really fun. You know, it, it was, uh, the game was fun, right? Katie's game was great, but it was also cool to get to just hang out with some other people. Um, and, you know, it's funny, I even went back to, um, who is the, uh, who's the guy that does the, uh, the escape rooms? Dave. David Spira. Yeah, Dave, right? And so I even reached out to him this week because I want to take my wife to an escape room for her birthday. She's a big fan. And so I reached out to him to ask if he knew any locals. And I've, you know, chatted with Katie a bit online and of course been hanging out with you guys. But it was just, you know, it's cool, man. It's cool to, in the in the context of you recording that episode, we kind of built this little community that are always connected 
to that persuasion. I, yeah, I also had persuasion on my list of highlights. It's my, it's my number one thing on my <laughs> list. Um, it was just such a good time. And like playing a game that I'd never heard of and had no expectations of what it was going to be. And just, yeah, hanging out with people that obviously we've spoken to online and stuff. But as you said, seeing their gaming personalities a lot different than their uh, having a chat personalities. And there are some mean people out there <laughs> some mean calculating scheming <laughs> but no it yeah. just it was really good fun i really enjoyed it tim i had to edit out so many mean parts where he just you know really was cutting into people <laughs> not true not true <laughs> although you were very strategic you were you had some calculating moments oh i tried i had no idea what i was doing there had fun yeah. doing it though you made a mistake that you lucked into helping you win. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And, and let me say, though, if I'm ever mean playing a game, it's all in good spirits. Like, I, I'm only mean when I'm trash talking and having fun with somebody. But sometimes that gets mistaken, right? It's, it's hard, especially if you're playing with new people, um, where you can be like, oh, go after yourself. You know, like, you know, you, you, just like, you know, that's my that's my default. Like, I swear a lot when I'm when I'm playing games and just, you know, having fun with somebody um if, so, if they do something to get in my way i'm gonna curse at you but it's all fun <laughs> i don't think everyone catches that though you know like you got to be careful with that when you're meeting new people so and, and I think that's I was why pretty... grandma never plays with me anymore <laughs> <laughs> i think i was pretty gentle on that episode because i didn't want to offend anybody <laughs> well and also i was editing clips in so you knew you had to be clean <laughs> for my sake <laughs> I thought my I whole think... job that that episode was to make sure you did as much editing as possible. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh, man. That episode, a little behind the scenes, it took like, I, I should have tracked my hours on that episode because I, I think it was like 10 plus hours putting that one together. Yeah, but you had like eight different tracks or whatever to edit together, didn't you? Yeah, from two different sessions. And I had to listen through it multiple times to find what, like, what I could cut into where. I don't know how you do it, Phil. That is just, like, you do that every episode. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, with just probably one track, right? Uh, yeah. So yeah. you know, slacker in that sense, but well, you have guests on a lot, so it's got to be more. It's more than one track most of the time. Ooh, yeah, when there's guests, but when it's just me and Mark, it's just we're on the same. Yeah. Yeah. Sitting at the same table. Absolutely. IRL, guys. That's the way forward. <laughs> one day, one day. Uh, all right, let's move on to one of you. Tim, why don't you go? Okay, so my big highlight for this year, uh, you know, obviously we've been dealing with COVID for the last year and a half. And um, I've been planning basically since, you know, March of 2020. I started gaming online on Tabletop Simulator with my couple of local friends, and that ended up turning into the podcast. That's Adam and Steve and Chris. But ever since that started, I've been planning like, okay, when this pandemic thing, once we're past that, it's safe, we're all going to get together and game in person. And then we all moved to all different sp parts of the country. And um, But I still had this plan to make it happen. I didn't know if it was going to. And we finally did it this year. TimCon 2021, we spent a full like five or six days in a in a house in Palm Springs, California, and just game the entire weekend. And that's been my dream for years and finally made it happen. So that was a blast, super fun, and, and a huge highlight for me this year. I, wa I want to add to that, A, jealous as hell, but B, <laughs> because you were like 
live posting the scores after each game, like yeah. the victory scores. I found myself just checking, like, oh, I wonder what the TimCon scores are. I wonder nice. who's in charge. I wonder if anyone's pulled ahead yet. You know, it was genuine audience engagement. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad that was really fun to, uh, you know, to kind of uh, be be involved with the people that were following along. And, and you know, obviously we, we shared all the information on the episodes, the, the two TimCon episodes we did, but a little sneak peek and, and fun to kind of engage and, and have people curious about it. So that was, that's nice to hear. You didn't post all of the games, did you, on Twitter? You saved some? Um, I think we posted, a, yeah, no, I think we posted a picture at least of everything. We didn't start scoring until after Chris got there, which was a couple days in. But oh, I think okay. I posted a picture of every single game that we played. So, yeah, we did spoil the scoring. But, you know, I think there's a, a large part of our, our listening audience that is not on Twitter. So I think oh, there's plenty of people that got a fresh view of it. But anyway, yeah, that was a blast. And I would love to do that again. So we, we tentatively have a plan. Our next one is going to be in Portland where Chris and Steve live. Um, we're kind of targeting for this spring. So I'm really excited about that. What's it going to be called? Portland Cond is the, oh, okay. is the current name. Yeah, we were going to call it Chris Cond, but since Steve's there too, we figured, you know, we'll just make it nice and simple. You could just combine Chris Steve Cond. Chris, Chris Steve Cond. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Steve Stiffer Cond. Wonderful. That's, yeah, that's such a good one. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Lol. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that really is a great one. Uh, I don't want to dive too into that because I'm, I'm. We'll probably talk a little bit more about related things later. So nice. Yeah, let's move on to yours, Phil. Uh, well, so I've got a couple. I'll start off with a sort of selfish one, but it's so this kids on bikes campaign that I did with uh, some friends. And we edited all the chapters together into little story episodes for the podcast. But I've never really, like up until the last sort of year or so, I've never really been into the big sort of TTRPG games and running them. There was all this sort of apprehension of it's a lot of work, it's a lot of planning, and can I really be bothered and what if I suck? Uh, and it was just so much fun doing it and just having it out there for people to listen to was really good as well because you know, getting lots of feedback of how like other people who have played the same game have done it and different like tweaks and stuff. It was just really good. And it was, it was something, like I said, new for me that I hadn't really done much before. Cause you get people that have been playing like Dungeons and Dragons for years and years and years. And they're like seasoned pros. One of my friends as uh, like he commit the people commission him to, to DM like Dungeons and Dragons games for them and like they pay him money and he constructs a story and then he runs this and I'm like that just blows my mind that's like that's a job out of a game right? <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah that's that's my first highlight of uh, we're, just really we're gonna cycle that. through cool in that so case you can save it but that's my current highlight did John Gilmore he did kids on bikes uh and his other games oh I feel like there was a game that you really liked that was by John Gilmore, Tim. Did Jonathan Gilmore didn't make a path, path of Light and Shadow, did he? Oh, <laughs> I, I hope go. not. I got to look him up now. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, Jonathan Gilmore made one of my least favorite games of all time. Oh, that's what it was then. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to leave that in if you want to. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, uh, well, so I actually have some questions, Phil, for you. Because you, so was this your first, do I understand this is your first tabletop role-playing game you've done or just the first one you've DM'd? 
Um, so before that, I did The End of the World for Fantasy Flight's sort of, you know, zombie apocalypse sort of one. But okay. we only did like two sessions of that. So this was the first sort of long sustained campaign that I've done. Okay. How did you, um, how do you like it? Like as a, as a comparable experience, like if you're like, Hey, I got one night with some friends and I'm going to either, I'm going to play some board games, like some normal kind of strategy board games, or I'm going to play a role-playing game. Like, do you have a preference now after doing that campaign? I think like, I don't know. I can't imagine playing like a big, uh, TTRPG, just off the cuff. I think it would need okay. to be like planned for a special occasion, you know, not, not a special occasion, but like planned ahead and say, right on this date, this is when we're going to play this. And so we can do all the planning and all the stories sort of generating stuff in advance. Whereas like normal games are more of a spur of the moment. Hey, do you want to come around tonight and we'll just play some games sort of thing. I don't think gotcha. you, you can't just pick it up and play it sort of thing. You need to do that prep beforehand. Yeah. So it's not really a comparable, ex- like you, you would, they're, they're not co- conflicting with each other. Like you're not no, going to no, choose no. one. No, it's never going to come down. Well, but I have a spreadsheet, Tim, so that's never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's never a position that I'm in. Do you, um, do you find that when you're, when you were doing the kids on bike campaign and I haven't listened to the episodes yet, I, I plan to go back and listen to them. It so- sounds like a lot of fun. The campaign always sounded really fun. Like as an art play, uh, as a role playing game, it seems like a cool setting, Yeah. but um, did you find that you were really doing real role-playing um, or was it more about kind of reading the story and, and just mechanically following it or were you were you and your friends, you know, really kind of getting in the roles of the characters and. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, as, as it went on, cause obviously the group that I was playing with weren't big RPG players either sort of thing. So it was all of our first, it was like RPG for dummies. <laughs> and, um, but you yeah, know, as we got on, they were, you know, they sort of became their characters and, a lot of it, they took the story, I mean, as I'm sure with all of them, but they took the story in completely different directions that I had planned. And so sometimes I was thinking off the cover or just like, all right, how can I make this work now? Or they've said this, now I need to work that into my original plan. But yeah, no, so I mean, it became, so like one character, the, the jock was absolutely, you know, dumb as a bag of spanners and couldn't make anything work. And so we started to build that into the story and say, well, if, you know, if Sean was doing this, he'd probably fall over at the crucial moment and, you know, and it just became part of the story, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. It sounds really fun to me. Uh, you know, I talked a little bit about it on our um, one year anniversary episode about my, my brief experience with attempting role playing, but I don't think I'd ever actually be that. Like, I don't think I'd be a good part of a group to do it. Cause I'm terrible at improv and I'm terrible at, <laughs> you know, kind of. It, oh, kind do you know who's not terrible at improv now? Oh, yeah. I, I hope he talks about that on his upcoming uh, highlights of the year. I don't know what you're talking about. Doopity doopity. <laughs> uh, but on the on your uh, kids on bike stuff, I am such a big fan of Phil and and the show. But I, since I was listening backwards, the episodes would come up, and I'd be like, "Well, I can't listen to this because it would spoil." the previous stuff yeah. and like so so i would always skip those episodes and then once i finished i think once i reached number one i just once i reached that first episode i listened to it and then i started listening to all of the other ones and then went back and listened to the regular episodes uh, but i made a playlist so folks if you want I'll, I'll link uh i'll put a link in the episode description to the playlist and it has the full 20 episodes nice. 20 or 21 20 20 okay yeah and so then you can just listen to it 
without all of the other board game all related the, all boredom. The rubbish, right, all the rubbish episodes in between, yeah. Yeah, like no. <laughs> but then you get the whole experience and you can binge it. Like I plan on binging it now that it's all out. <laughs> Probably once I start working again and driving out to farms and stuff and I have yeah. hours on end in the car. Uh, and I think, I mean, it's the same. I know I said this when I was on the board game community show for the first time, but just like, I'm not in it for hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of listeners or whatever. I'm not in it for mega bucks, but just if anyone listens to it and thinks, yeah, this is entertaining, then I've done my job. Like I've mission accomplished. We'll get into that later. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, we'll move. I'll do my next one. Uh, It's been really fun. Tim, on your guys' episode, you you know, you guys bash on Marvel United and that's become like a fun, playful thing for us to do. Uh, It comes up most of the times we get together in one way or another. And, and it's, yeah, it's just a fun, jovial thing, but a very sincere highlight, not necessarily the game, but painting the Marvel United figures has been really, really fun for me to do. I used to paint Warhammers when I was like a teenager in middle school. And I would do that with my brother and my dad. And, and we would occasionally play the actual game. But I hadn't painted since then. So it had been like 17 years or so. And so that was really, really fun to get back into and, and learn some techniques and, and just see like my improvement as I went. That, Riley, that seems like such a fun part of the hobby. Phil, have you done any painting of minis? Uh, I, so same. I used to play Warhammer when I was much, much younger. Uh, and I was horrendously bad at painting them. So now, I mean, I have all these Alien versus Predator minis that I just do not dare touch with a paintbrush because I'm like, well, A, they're really expensive. So if you mess them up, that's like unforgivable. But B, I just I just don't think I've got the skills. I just, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I kind of feel the same way. Riley, I, I saw your pictures. Your, your minis turned out awesome. I think Marvel United is probably a really great set to get into the hobby, like for someone to, to start painting because... They're, you know, the kind of the chibi minis, um, you know, they're not super detailed. You have bigger surfaces to work with. So I think it's a great place to start. Yours looked awesome and they look so, so much fun to do. And this is something I've been tempted to do for a while, but I'm the same way. Like I don't have too many games with minis in them. And the ones I do, I want to, I want the, the game to be awesome, right? I have wanted to paint minis for a while, but the few games that I've got that, I ha- that have minis, I don't want to mess them up. Like I don't have a game I want to test with because I just don't keep... I don't keep crappy games around. So I'm like, I'm afraid of, you know, like, mess, you know, messing it up, but it seems like something fun to do. So I might have to give it a stab at one of the, one of these days, maybe a game that I decide I'm not going to keep and isn't worth anything. I'll give a shot and see if I can get some practice on it. On that note, listening to your let it go episode about like the top five games that you get broke my heart. I was like, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> was it specific games that broke your heart or just the fact that we get rid of a lot of games? No, just, just the idea of getting rid of some, just getting rid of a game. I that, does not compute. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. I got rid of, I sold 20 games last weekend. Uh, this little game fair that we have and i don't regret a single one of them i feel good like it's 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 peace to me that was going to be my number one question like have you ever got rid of one that like a couple of weeks later you're like oh i really want to play that now (laughs) there are a couple games that i've gotten rid of that i regret getting rid of because they're games that i really loved but they weren't getting played and i talk about that a lot on the episode and so i think there are games that i have in my collection that that i don't expect to get played very often but i really love so i keep them hopefully they get played someday 
there are a couple that I got rid of that I probably should have kept because I just got rid of them because my local friends at the time weren't playing them. So a couple I regret. I might pick them up again at some point. But out of the probably 200 I've sold at this point, you know, two is not a bad record. That's 1%. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I feel much better. Like, I'm glad I didn't keep the other 198 just on the off chance that I might. (laughs) Just on a whim. Want them at some point. Riley, are you a, are you a color? I am not. I'm the same way. Like it was, it was, it's always interesting to hear about it because I think my wife would love if I called some games, (laughs) but (laughs) I've only done one game. I think it was Oregon trail. Like, there was a very simple card game, but it was just, it really had no real choice. It was just, can you, will you survive? Yeah. Uh, which felt kind of like the video game, but it was just, yeah, it was also fun. feels a lot like Marvel United, right? <laughs> no, you have choices in Marvel United. Dang it. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Not just not interesting choices. You're right. <laughs> sorry. I'll drop it. I'll drop it. No, it's fine. It was, it, see, that's that fun banter about it. <laughs> That was mine. Yeah. Okay. I got, I got lost on whose it was. Uh, Tim, what's what's your next highlight? Well, there were a whole lot of highlights that came out of, you know, so we've been, ma- I've been making the podcast for a little over a year and I've had a blast doing it. it it's, I kind of consider that as much a hobby now as I do the board gaming part of it. Just, you know, recording a podcast, trying to get better at all this stuff. But I think my favorite thing that came out of it was the fact that I actually got invited as a guest on other podcasts. So I feel like I made it. I got invited on Phil's podcast and I got invited on Riley's podcast. And those were both a blast. Today, obviously, we're sitting here talking again. And um, I just I love doing this. I love talking with other, uh, you know, people that love this hobby. And, you know, it's 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 like an honor to feel like somebody cares to hear what you have to say enough to include you on their show. So that was a huge highlight for me. Really, really, really fun. And I hope to do more of it this coming year. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> we are his highlights <laughs> we made it <laughs> it has been really fun i agree though that's that's gonna be part of my another one of my highlights spoiler so well it's it riley you you um almost every week basically you have a guest right i mean that's that's your whole show so and phil most a lot of yours are too you you do a lot of guests as well not everyone but you, you've done a lot of guests you know do you do you guys feel like is that part of the like do you get do you do you get more enjoyment out of having the guests on there than you do just talking about the topics is that part of what drives you to do it or is it just kind of a an add-on i think i i really love all the the episodes where we do have guests because it's a new perspective it's a new point of view and you know it's just broadening it's broadening your horizons within the community isn't it really and yeah, there is that sort of tinge when we go back to doing an episode that's just us two and just like, oh, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just, well, I'm going to, because, so that was my next highlight as well, is just all of the sort of connections that that uh, I've made over the last year. And it all came down to one Mr. Riley Stock just putting a message out saying, hey, does anyone want a guest on my podcast? And I don't even know why, because I, hate strangers and i'm so socially <laughs> awkward and like i was just like yeah i'll do it and then instantly it was like oh my god what have i done <laughs> but that that gateway response has just led to yeah meeting so many other cool people that are interested in the same sort of stuff that i am and like said yeah having different guests on playing the persuasion with with all of them and just ah, oh, it's just 
opened opened up my world uh, so much. And because of that, you know, the different types of episodes that I've been able to do with different guests, uh, the promotion episodes with Earth Rising and Oros and stuff, it's, it's all down to you, Riley. It's all your fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm really proud of that, though, because you were the second person that I got scheduled. And I don't remember. I tried to release them in order of where I recorded, but one of them I had to insert earlier because they had a a Kickstarter going. Uh, But it was really, really fun. It just, I got really lucky with those first, I think in my first week I did like seven interviews. Mm. And so it was just like every day I had at least one person I was talking to. I was very new to like interviewing style. The only time I had really done an interview before was with Rob Davio, which was very, very intimidating. Uh, and that was on nerding out and that was fun. But, and that, that sort of was the idea of, uh, of the board game community show. Cause with him, he was like, I've never done an interview like this. I'm talking about things I've never talked about. I, I don't have go-to answers for a lot of these things we're doing. And so I, I wanted to carry that on uh, when my old co-host Danny couldn't go on anymore. Cause he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> But that's that's another thing I really love. Again, I'm just gonna just gonna toot your horn here. But like, yeah, Stop yes, we're <laughs> we're meeting. You know, every week you meet someone new from the community. But yeah, you also learn about their home brewing projects and their you know I don't know quilting and their model making and their you know, anything else about them. And you feel like you get the full in depth view of of who they are as a person not just who they are as part of the gaming community you're like you're you're meeting people you're not meeting gamers yeah uh, yeah 100 the, the first time i think the first episode i listened to you was uh board game gran was your interview at the time i you know i, I kind of follow her i follow her on twitter and so i kind of i knew about her youtube channel i've seen a couple of videos um newer online personality but it was like all of a sudden i get to know somebody what they did for work about their family about their other hobbies like that's really that's fun, man. That's really fascinating. Oh, thanks. I yeah, I had a lot of fun with that one. Angela's just so amazing, and I would have Angela on the show more, but she's in Australia, so like at night is the only time that we can really fit that in. Well, you know, it's funny. Like I we've been I I mentioned that when I interviewed with you is that our whole plan with our format was that we could easily include other guests into our show, right? Because all it is is we're playing a game online with with a group of people, and then we're talking about it afterwards. Should be really easy. So we've identified a few people we'd like to do that with, but it's so hard for us to even get our own schedules together. We're on two different time zones right now. You know, my own podcast crew is. And so already I have to start at eight o'clock, which means I'm usually not ending to like one or two in the morning um, because they want to start. They can't start before seven o'clock. And so when we talk to anybody else, it's like someone's on the East Coast. Well, that's like you know, nine or 10 o'clock for them if they're in the Midwest or East Coast, if they're in England, right? It's almost impossible. So I've kind of settled into the idea that we're, we probably just shouldn't ever plan on having guests on our show because it, it's just too hard to coordinate that many people. So I love that you're able to, to do that and make it a regular part of your show, but it's something I wish, I wish we had the opportunity to do better. I understand that. It, it's nice being self-employed where I can just kind of arrange my schedule to be like, Hey, when it works for you. Yeah. That's also sometimes a weird part, too, when I'm like, uh, you know, I'm really open. We can do it any time where I think it would be more professional to be like, hey, could you do an interview on Tuesday at 8 a.m.? Whatever, you know, 
No, I'm sure. I'm sure it makes it a lot. It's it's much easier for your guests. It, you you don't have to worry about being professional in that front. Like, that's what I was going to say. Know. I think that's what makes it so it, like just entertaining and enjoyable to listen to is that it's not a prof- it's not a business. It's not a professional. You know. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I mean. I don't mean it. I don't mean it as a dig. No, but it, you know, it is. It is laid back. It's casual, and that's what gets the best conversation out of the guests, right? Because they feel that laid back and that casualness it's not like you're being grilled you're, you're having a chat with a mate and it's really because like obviously literally hadn't spoken to you at all before i did my episode but within about the first 10 minutes i was just like hey this is cool <laughs> <laughs> i always brag about I, I always go like nobody's ever accused me of being professional <laughs> i use that as sort of a brag uh, but but thank you this is like <laughs> This is why I had you guys on the show was just to, you know, <laughs> compliment me a ton. Uh, <laughs> hey, you're paying us after, right? Coming next week, all the guests that hate Riley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, I think, I don't know if that <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Um, that was sort of Tim's highlight, but you said that it was sort of yours too. Yeah, do you want to count that I... as yours or do the next one? I hijacked it. Sorry. Yeah, no, count that as mine. I've got I've got one more highlight on my list, and that's all. So we can we can go around again if you guys have got more. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that was a, that was one of mine too. Was just meeting so many amazing folks. Like, I'm very proud that I haven't had a dud of an interview yet. Like, there's been a couple that I <laughs> feel just yeah. Okay. Well, Phil knows there's been some duds, but uh, <laughs> no, no, there hasn't been. What was what was that guy that was really awkward? Tim something something. <laughs> <laughs> There were so many us and cool. That's cools. <laughs> but but for real, it's been cool that I haven't like. There's been people I've been nervous about because I'm like, oh, I don't. They don't have much of a social media presence, so I really have no idea what kind of person they are. Are they going to be like some crazy, crazy right wing nut job? You know, like uh, not to get political there. That but, could you be know. a fun. That could be a fun interview though, too, right? I mean, yeah. like, As long as you're willing to, you know engage engage and and kind of not agree right it it's it's like you got to be careful with that if you're if your whole um personality is to be agreeable you know you have to be willing to if you're gonna if you're gonna allow anyone on the show you have to be willing to say like you know ask some tough questions or push back a little bit and say like i feel differently so so you could you could have a pretty fun conversation i think with somebody that doesn't agree with you at all it's Um, true you know although you have i guess you don't want to give them a platform if they're, you know, if there's particularly, uh, you know, horrible stuff in their, yeah. in their personalities. Absolutely. I, I, it's something I'm nervous about because it's like, I want it to be a very positive experience and, and I'm definitely yeah. open to having those like tough conversations. <laughs> so I did a gaming weekend with my sister-in-law and her husband, my wife and I went, they live like two hours North from here. And that was just really fun. We, we played games almost the entire weekend. And I got to play some really cool games and and games that like my wife wouldn't necessarily want to play at the time. But but in a group setting, she was down to play. So we brought like two suitcases full of games, showed up, played with their kids a little. But most of it really was just like gaming. So many board games. It was a blast. Yeah, that's awesome. That's what this is all about, right? Let's play some more board games. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm not that really into them. <laughs> are you a hater phil 
<laughs> yeah, big fat hater. <laughs> He's just doing it for the clicks. Yeah. <laughs> well, since this is a board game podcast, I think maybe the listeners would actually like to hear about some board games. So I, my last highlight here is I've got a very short list of some of the games that I played this year that were real highlights for me. And I think everybody should give them a shot, check them out. Uh, I think you'll have a lot of fun with them. The first is the my number one game of this year that actually came out in 2021 is Cascadia. Um, it's, uh, it's by, uh, I think it's Flat Out Games. And um, uh, Randy Flynn is the designer. This one just took me, you know, like kind of blew me away because I'm not a huge fan of kind of lighter games in that in that weight. And I have had a blast with this game. And I think it's just streamlined. It's an evergreen game that um, really should be in anyone's collection. It's very approachable and, and a lot of fun. And then four games that were not from this year, but I played this year. Two that came out in 2020, uh, Beyond the Sun and Lost Ruins of Arnak. I didn't play till 2021, but those are games that are that I'm, I'm going to be playing for a long time ongoing. And then two games that I got introduced to fairly recently that are older games. One was Paladins of the West Kingdom. And one was Zulk in the Mayan Calendar, and both games that are just constantly on my mind, and I want to be playing as much as I can. So, a couple highlights: if you're a board gamer and you're looking for some something fun to try, those are those were some of my highlights of, of playing board games this year. And Lost Ruins of Arnak, I got 100. I had seen it, you know, a little bit on social media, but on board game hot takes, you talked it up so much, and it was multiple episodes where you just you would bring it up it would come up because you liked it so much and that came across and i knew i had to have it so i got it a couple weeks ago and it is it it, yeah even with that high expectation i like think about it all the time and i am always telling my wife like you got to learn this we i got to teach this to you i think you'll actually like it it's it's really fun it's really interesting yeah you know when we first reviewed it um you know it's pretty early in the year i think i sat on that episode i was like i bought this game and i love it and i'll probably just be playing it solo cuz my wife's never going to want to play it but when i taught it to her actually she likes it so we played it quite a bit uh, as oh, well awesome. so it's yeah it's that's been an awesome hit for me solo multiplayer you can play it on board game arena now so it's a fun one and that's what this is all about. I mean, I love board games. I love hanging out with people and, and, and the community aspect of it. But boy, do I love this hobby and I love the actual aspect of playing the games themselves. So those are some <laughs> of my big highlights this year. Absolutely. Phil? I it's, It sort of follows on from what Tim was just saying. But like, I just like the thrill of collecting board game like just collecting the board games so like no not not hoarding, not, not hoarding tim don't don't get me wrong but like okay so I'll, I'll get a base set and then i will look and mark has often criticized me for this but i will look up all the expansions and i will add them on my little wish list but some of them are really hard to find and they're out of print or whatever and i just love that sort of oh there it is finally on ebay or there it is finally available for something that doesn't mean i have to you know take out a bank loan or whatever do you know what i mean so i found some gems i got monopoly gamer um and i got all the characters except for two and i managed to track down one of them uh this year i got diddy kong for my monopoly gamer set I got like an out of print expansion for Alien vs. Predator. And I got like, I tracked down, it was something from like the Russian Federation for police precinct, you know, just that sort of like, oh yes, there it is. Finally, finally found it. Finally going to get it. Finally going to 
tick another one off my list. I like lists. <laughs> lists, spreadsheets, they're very no, closely related. Yeah. That's fun. And, and collecting is a, is a fun part of this hobby. And I'm kind of the same. Like if there's a game I love, I will upgrade everything. I will go all in on the expansions. It's one of the ways that I, you know, kind of get to have that retail therapy without just building a huge collection. And I really yeah. enjoy that. So that's, that's a blast. I love it. I love it so much. No, I- <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> cool. Uh, it makes me happy. You know, Phil and I are very similar where like we get a game and then we instantly are looking at the expansions and we need the expansions whether we're going to play the game a lot or not we just we have to complete the collection yeah i i've been that way in the past for sure that's slowing down a little bit for me like i will look and if it's not an expansion i think that i that i'll actually enjoy playing or that i'll ever get played then i'm i'm being a little more hesitant about it but again it depends on the game if it's a game i really love i'll just get everything for it because you never know Make it a I, chance in there. I don't know whether it was a glitch there, but it was like Tim was speaking a foreign language. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if I'm wondering if one day I'll reach that point where I'm like, you know, I really have too many games as is. I need to call some. Oh, I, I don't need every expansion. I don't, you know, maybe one day I'll reach that level, but but not. I, know, I honestly think though, like part of my um, the reasoning why I'm kind of a minimalist with board games and less of a collector is that I've been through this in so many other hobbies that have faded for me in the past. And so I'm a little bit hesitant, right? I, I used to be huge into Magic the Gathering. So I had almost every Magic the Gathering card, usually four copies of each of every set that existed from the beginning till the end of the time, right? And I went through a lot of time and money collecting all those things and enjoying that hobby. But when I wasn't playing anymore, I sold it all off at a fraction of what I ever paid for it. So it's like, it's not an investment, you know, it's not a good investment generally. I, if I'd waited another 10 or 15 years, I think a lot of that's gone up in value. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's like, how long do I want to keep stuff around in my house just in the hopes that it someday accumulates cost? And then I did the same thing with comic books in the 90s when I was in high school. I was a huge comic book fan. Well, the 90s was when every comic book company overprinted everything. And so I sold my collection of 90s comic books, like some, you know, 500 or 600 comic books. I think I got 20 bucks for them. And then I lost that in the shipping that I paid to send it to somebody. (laughs) So, you know, and I went through, I used to collect Star Wars action figures. I used to collect a few other types of toys and action figures. So I went through all these, you know, collecting moments and they just, you know, ultimately like that part of it is it's like, I I want a collection, but I want a very curated collection, something that everything brings me joy. And and there aren't things on my shelf that I'm going to look back and say, like, I haven't touched that thing for 10 years and I don't care about it anymore. You know, so just I think that's just like me learning. It's I'm I'm older than you guys. I've I've gone through some tough life lessons. <laughs> I'm still very much the point of well, if I run out of space, that's that's when I move house, right? That's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made that joke to my wife. Like the whole reason we bought a house was so I could have more board games, right? <laughs> now I've got a whole room that I can fill with them. <laughs> it brings an interesting point of. I think so many of us board gamers are collectors. You know, we like toys. We like, I mean, we can see Phil's background right now. You know, there's like a screen mask and swords and Power Rangers mask. Yeah, all kinds of. Yeah, like all sorts of collectibles. Mm -hmm. And, And I think a lot of us are that way. We like collectible type things. And, and the board games feel like that, but they're collectibles that we can play with, you know, like, how often do you put on that Power Rangers helmet? 
compared to how often you play every day. <laughs> I I actually sleep in it. <laughs> it's my sleep apnea yeah. mask. <laughs> Uh, I saw this is a side thing, but I know you like aliens. So I saw a sleep apnea mask, uh, like a face hugger. It was a face hugger. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, I love it. It's so cool. Anyways, I have one more highlight, uh, and that's bunkers and badasses, which would I did the series of mini sods for, I guess, bonus episodes. Uh, which is the Borderlands TTRPG, and I did it with Phil, and that was just so much fun. I I loved it more than I expected, and I expected to like it a lot, but it was really my first time ever doing, like, uh, running a game like that, a TTRPG. RPG. I don't know. I'm so new to it that I don't know if you call it RPG or TTRPG the whole every time. But <laughs> I, I think uh, TTRPG just comes out as a distinction of all the video game RPGs. So I honestly, in this context, I say like I just call them RPGs generally because right? you guys know I'm not talking about Final Fantasy. Right. See, or, see, I only called Kids on Bikes a TTRPG earlier because I thought you guys would judge me badly if I didn't. Oh, phew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, RPGs, yeah. And and so that was just a really fun thing and and Phil and I are actually going to be continuing it on into 2022 but as its own podcast. Fun. And and that'll be really fun. Are you going to restart the campaign if you're going to do it as a separate podcast then or are you just going to keep going from where you are? Uh kind of. Phil is probably playing the same character but as a different class and everything. Okay. Like yeah. I think tomorrow we're going to build everybody's characters we're gonna try and get together and and just make our characters and then uh, hopefully over christmas break we can get it together once or twice and and actually record some episodes and start editing them so that they're ready to release in the new year fun well i'll look forward to what to, to following that from the beginning and uh see how it is see see how uh, all my my sweating of like how awkward i would feel if i was in that room playing that role <laughs> with you well see, we- I was going to say, would you guys on Hot Takes, would you ever consider doing an RPG episode? I I think it's a possibility, but I'd say it's probably not a very high possibility. <laughs> um, you know, we'll see. I, I think there's, we could do a one-off, let Steve, who plays RPGs pretty regularly, let him uh, DM it. And I think it'd be fun to talk through and kind of go through the experience and, mm. and talk about it. But um, I don't know, uh, you know, Adam and Chris have never shown much interest. So it'd probably take all of us to be on board. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, one of the things with this is I'm planning on doing guests. So if you ever wanted to jump into B and B, we probably could bring you in somehow. <laughs> I would. I would probably. I would love to do that at some point. So um, if if you have an opportunity to bring a guest in where I won't be disruptive, um, I'll, I'll give it my best shot. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure how I'm going to do it yet, but I've. It's it's one of the things where I thought it would be cool to combine like board game community. I've made so many friends that I'd love to bring them in for an episode and. You guys are going to bring me in as an NPC character, right? With just a script I have to read. Yeah. You just read this. <laughs> Unfortunately, actually, there, I do have plans like that uh, for people who might not be able to join the whole thing, but could just like record a little bit that I could insert in. I like it. I like it. Some participation. Uh, <laughs> and then, oh, you know, you did some highlights of board games. So I guess... We sh- I should name a couple highlights too. It's your show. It's yeah, your, your I'm Riley. You, you, totally up to you. It was a good idea. So Spirit Island that was new to me this year, and it it's my number one game. Like 
I I will never ever say no to playing this game, and I'm so excited that I got Jagged Earth going to the collect the collectible thing. I I resisted the urge to buy that on eBay because it was like 150 bucks. And I even reached out to Greater Than Games, and they said, "Well, we're probably going to reprint it, or the new stuff should be, or uh, I don't know, new copies should be available like this winter." And I'm glad I did that and held out because I got it for like 25 percent off after that on at Target because there was a sale, so I got it even cheaper. <laughs> so a little collectible pride moment. Anyways, that was a rant. Spirit Island has probably been my number one. And I've liked Marvel United playing it. It's been fun. But I think the novelty of it has been wearing off lately. And Reckoners, I think, is a better game, uh, which it does sort of the same thing, but with the dice rolling, the mm-hmm. kind of Yahtzee-style dice rolling where you get the three rolls. And Can, can I jump in really quickly on your mention of uh, Spirit Island and you got Jagged Earth from Target? Yeah. And I think we have to call that out as one of the highlights. And it's not just this year, but the the past few years of how mainstream board games are getting and how easy it is to get hobby board games. Like I love going to target now. Like I don't go very often, but if I'm walking down the aisle, I have to go run over by the board game selection and I'm, you know, I'm a middle, a minimalist, so I don't buy a lot of stuff, but it's so fun to see great, like really great hobby games sitting on the board game shelf there. And a lot of them too. So that, that has been a highlight for me is just seeing the, the hobby go mainstream, more people getting into it and then being just easier to get more visible. I think it's awesome. I, yeah, I totally agree. I'm definitely not against, I've gotten a fair share of things from target. Uh, and of course I try and support my favorite local game store or friendly. I don't, the F switches between you, who's saying it. Hey, listen, they're not all friendly. They're not all friendly. <laughs> they're not all friendly. Yeah. <laughs> but if they're not friendly, it's probably not a favorite either. <laughs> uh, unless they carry exclusive games. But anyway, yeah. So I, I, I agree. I love that too. That I that really is my biggest highlight. I'm like Sleeping Gods has been fun and Marvel Champions and all those have been great for me, but Spirit Island's my number one. What about you, Phil? Um I would say I, I'm with you on Marvel Champions. I think when we played that, that was really good. And I've played it a couple of times afterwards. It's like, yeah, Arkham Light, isn't it? Oh, that should be a highlight, playing Arkham, oh. streaming Arkham. But, oh my um, gosh, it totally is. You're right. <laughs> um, There's so many. On top of that, I'd say, and I know this is not a, a 2001 game at all, but uh, Lords of Waterdeep, just finally got yes. a copy, love it. It's I'm so glad favorite. you called that out. I'm so glad you <laughs> called that out because that is still a favorite game. Right? It's one game that's in my collection. One of the first hobby games I bought is still in my collection. Um, yeah. It doesn't get played a lot, but man, do I love that game. And and I think my biggest regret for this year is that I didn't get invited on your Lords of Waterdeep episode to play it with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted do, to talk. I was sitting there yelling at the. I was yelling at the uh, at my at the podcast when I was listening to you guys talk about it, and just wanted to be part of that conversation. It's, <laughs> that's awesome. Glad you love it. Yeah. No, that's yeah. That's that's been my my best game this year so far. I think. Oh, that's awesome. I Actually, because of your episode, I put it on. I made a very short Christmas list of games, and that was one of the three games I put on there. Nice. Because so, I, both of you had talked it up so much. Well, Riley, if you, I've got it, and again, I don't get it played often, so if you don't get it, or even if you do and you still want to play it, if you come to visit, then we will bust that out, because I'm, I'm excited to get it back on the table. Okay, we'll play it on our weekend. Right on. <laughs> Is there anything else highlight wise you guys want to bring up? 
No, just that it's been an awesome year. It's been fun meeting people in the board game community, other podcasters. It's been fun meeting even listeners, like people that listen to our show and, and interact with us on Twitter. And man, I'm having such a fun time meeting some great people all over the world, you know, that I think are their friends now. I, I think of them as friends, even though, you know, I think a lot of the times you've got podcasts that have listeners and they think of them as listeners or fans. And mm. I don't at all. I think I, I really do feel like anyone who is willing to listen to me talk about games and wants what wants to be part of the conversation and talk with me, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of part of the group now you're a friend and I'm, I'm just, I'm loving that part of it. So. Yeah. I, think I second, I second that, but also, I mean, like not going to lie globally, it's been a difficult year, hasn't it? It's been, yeah. you know, there have been some major, major lows. And I think just being able to lose yourself in a game or two for a couple of hours and to just hang out with people, whether it's online or whether it's like in real life and just, yeah, just, just play a game. That's been a sort of saving grace for a lot of like really low points. You know, I don't want to get heavy or anything, but you know what I mean? Like it's, I reckon games have probably helped a lot of people this year. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I agree 100%. It, it's, it's been healthy. It's been like a healthy uh, output. Is that the right word? I don't know. Yeah. A channel. It's a channel. Yeah, Out- exactly. Outlet. outlet. That was what I was looking for. <laughs> I'm good with words. Uh, <laughs> I So... On this Red Rising episode that I was listening to of Board Game Hot Takes, I think I think it was this one or the one before, you mentioned Rick Lorenzen. Mm-hmm. And it was like a shout out because he was your first listener and first person to like really engage with you. Uh, and he was mine too. And I thought that was... I, I guess I just want to throw his name out there again because I, I love that guy so much. He, you know, he was here in Utah and I... We were going to meet up the next weekend, that weekend that he passed. And uh, it just, he meant the world to me, to to you guys. And, you know, like that first listener that you know means so much. Yeah, I can't even tell you how much that impacted me. It's not even just that he was the first person that was interacting with us, which was great. It really did motivate us. And, and, you know, he he inspired us to keep going and, and, you know, just to keep doing what we were doing. But he was just such a charming you know nice person to interact with online that i really he was one of my first what i would consider online friends through this hobby and um it really when i heard the news of it i was i was heartbroken i i had suggested to him that we get together meet up at a con it just you know it's just such a shame yeah absolutely and i guess i kind of owe him for me getting me into it because he got dustin who was on that colorblind episode he got him into the community uh they had like gotten together online and and he told Dustin that like, oh, there's the Board Game Designers Guild of Utah, get into that. And then Dustin later introduced me to that. And then that opened me up to the whole community. So vicariously, like he brought me in. I'm the only person that has sponsored parts in the episode because I look at all my listeners as pennies. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, I did donate all the money that I've earned to, uh, to his GoFundMe because... He just meant so much. I don't think I've said that on the episode. Anyway, I, I can't keep talking about this. I'm going to start crying. I'm getting teary-eyed already. Uh, but yeah, I just want to sh- do that shout out again. Yeah, that's great. Cheers, Rick. And thanks for everything you brought to us while we, while we knew you. 
Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every one of you. I am blown away by how fun this has been and how many people, how many awesome people are willing to talk to me on this show. So what a year and a fun way to end it. I would have had to love to have more of my past guests on this episode, but I knew that even just having two would take a bit longer, which I think filled out the time perfectly. This one airs on New Year's Eve since it's highlighting 2021. And then tomorrow, there's going to be another episode. Like It's like the part two. And that's going to be what we look forward to next year, the board game resolutions. Anyone can join in on, on this conversation at me and let me know what, what your board game related highlights were. I am at Riled Nerd on Twitter. Uh, or you can email me, the board game community show at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, why don't you go ahead and give it a little rating? Uh, let me know what you think. If you have some feedback, you can email me or at me or DM me on Twitter and let me know, you know, things I could do better. I'm always open to improving the show. If you don't listen to Tim and Phil's podcasts, go check them out. Board Game Hot Takes, they just did their top five games that they're looking forward to. Uh, playing this next year, as well as revisiting the ones that they had listed last year. That was a really cool episode. You could also just go back and check out any random episode, and every one of them are just gold. They're great. Organized Fun, their newest episode, I'm over halfway done with it. It's a longer one than usual. Is really cool, too, to listen to because they did an exit advent calendar that uh, they recorded every day they're um, doing it and that's been interesting to hear because i probably will never do that calendar but it's cool to hear them do it that one's a spoiler one but other episodes aren't spoilers so you can just go back and listen to any episode that's fun any episode that the game might interest you and hear their thoughts on it there's an event coming up protocon online january 28th and 29th and this is the third one. I've been to both the other ones. They are really fun. You get to play designers works in progress and give them feedback and help shape the game. I brought my game and got some feedback and that helped me a lot with my design. So there will be a link to the discord in the episode description and you can just click on that, join that. There's a form if you want to sign up to be a player or even a designer. So check that out. All right, until tomorrow, keep nerding out.